2: And then there was bass. Good evening, motherfuckers and motherfuckers. This is your host, young Dole Mike, of the Too Much Game Podcast. Sitting here with the super producer Ben Ready,
3: yes sir,
2: and my son Deuce over here. Say what's up, Deuce.
3: Hello. <laughs> <laughs>
2: How was your week, Ben Ready?
3: Wonderful, man. Wonderful. Can't complain. Uh, no, it's another day in life. How about you?
2: Uh, you know, my my shit was cool. Basically, trying to catch up on sleep. You know, we had the event with the Cat vs. Dog podcast with the the day party from um, 88th and 11 Mile. It was going up. It was was a beautiful situation. Everybody did very well.
3: Yep. Very well.
2: Yeah, man. You know, shout out to No Rules and AC for showing up, showing support. Had a real good turnout and all that. I, I wasn't expecting to have to go to work directly after that shit, though.
3: Hey man, that's what you gotta do, man. When you when you build it from the ground up, man.
2: That nigga, niggas, twenty four seven, literally one hundred percent rhyme mode. But yeah, man, like that, that shit was cool. So you know, for the most part, spent the week trying to sleep. You know, trying to yep. trying to get caught up and pay my sleep debt. Deuce over here, my my hype man, right now. <laughs> He's confirming all the details of everything. But yeah, outside of that, it, it was a cool week. How was your week, Deuce?
1: Good. It was good? Yep.
2: What you do this week?
1: play Grand Theft Auto V.
2: Play Grand Theft Auto Five? Yep. That's good. <laughs> I appreciate your input, Deuce. <laughs> but um, uh, you know, today's episode is entitled, and luckily shit, we ain't even had no Wi Fi, so we ain't even live on this shit. Yep. I ain't even write the shit. Yep. So it's the 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 silver lining in freestyle. Yes. Thank you, Deuce. With the hype, man, Deuce, extra hype, doing doing his job thoroughly. But uh, you know, it's 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 basically an idea that, you know, a lot of times with you know the the today's climate mm-hmm. of mental health, you know, a lot of motherfuckers committing suicide and talking about depression and having to go to therapy and, you know, just a, a lot of that conversation. The reason I entitled it Silver Lining is because a lot of times, you know, when you think about the problems that you're going through, a lot of times you you feel like it's just mm-hmm. you. Yep. A, a lot of motherfuckers feel like they're alone in the world. Right. When they're having problems. And it's it's not always the case. Like I was watching a, a Mike Epps special, kind of loosely. He got a new special on Netflix. I think it's called Like Only One Mike. hmm And he had a little, little scheme on there where he had said some shit like, um, you know they had a they had a robbery, yep. and they was like everybody throw your problems on the ground. So everybody threw their fucking problems yep. on the ground, mm-hmm. and then when yep. when it was over, he said nigga somebody done picked my fucking problems up and ran off with them motherfuckers. Yeah, I seen
3: that. That was that was pretty. Hey, for real, cause you 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 never know who shit is worse than yours. You know exactly.
2: I mean? You know, cause like on the way to the event, I drove past Skid Row because the event was downtown so on the way getting off the freeway I roll past Skid Row and I'm just looking like this motherfuckers out here doing pretty alright in their life and they killing themselves and then you look at these motherfuckers that's completely homeless Mm -hmm. and they chilling like nigga have have you like really rolled down Skid Row
3: yeah I, I hate downtown man
2: nigga them niggas got couches like they big hanging out as miserable as it is like the thought of actual homelessness, they big chilling.
3: They like got mansion <clears throat> tents,
2: nigga. They like they they literally making the best out of that shit. Like some of they uh, some of these little tents is set up nice. Like you know, it looked like they got electricity. These motherfuckers eating every day. These motherfuckers big, you know, hanging out visiting each other. I rolled past one tent. It was a couch. It was literally like. Four niggas sitting on the couch, three standing up on either side of the couch. It was niggas in the middle of the street. They was chilling. I'm like, you know what? It For them, it ain't that bad. So it's like for some people to look at, say, taking a loss, something not going right, something going bad, a relationship failing, and you looking at it like the fucking world is over, and it's a motherfucker literally homeless living in downtown LA who might not even have ate all day, and mm-hmm. they chilling. Like, A lot of times, especially like if you can hear my fucking voice, you probably in the United States of America somewhere with access to the Internet. A lot of motherfuckers ain't got that, you know, like growing up in the 80s and probably years and decades before we was even born. When you didn't want to eat your food, you know, your mama's favorite thing to tell you when you ain't want to eat your fucking food is motherfuckers in Africa starving wishing they could have some of them Brussels sprouts.
3: hmm
2: You know? And when you think about it, as far as yeah. perspective, it's right. Like, a, a lot of what you think is the worst shit in the world, it's motherfuckers that would, would kill to be in your fucking shoes. Facts. Even, even with the failed relationship Bye, that mom. you had. Even with everything going wrong in your life, it's a motherfucker laying in a bed with stage four cancer. Like, motherfucker. Nigga, I, I wish I could be sitting... It, you know, in perfect health, getting dumped by my boyfriend. Like, I wish a motherfucker would have have my car. Like, nigga, I would love to be sitting somewhere, you know, crying over some bullshit. You know, oh, I, I just got denied for this job application. Like, yeah, that sucks. But there's always something on the end of that. Like, I, you know, like as a young motherfucker. I remember being in junior high when I actually thought about suicide. Not an actual serious consideration, but, like, really, like, man, I should just kill myself. Nigga, 12 years old, I literally was failing every class in junior high, in seventh grade. Nigga, I had an F in everything but P.E. Because, of course, a nigga gonna do well in P.E. I had an A in P.E. But, nigga, I was failing my elective. Yeah. Like, nigga, I was failing art class. Yeah.
3: But you, you, you probably wasn't doing nothing, though. Like... No, nah, you, you, you I was going, chilling, yeah, chilling you.
2: literally didn't, didn't give a fuck about school, basically. Like, you know, when you get to work and you just like, eh, fuck it, because I never was a type of nigga who failed tests. It wasn't a situation where I couldn't handle the, the work. It was that I just didn't feel like doing the work. Like I just was a lazy fucking kid. Mm-hmm. Like I knew I was intelligent enough. Because when I would do my tests, I would literally have the best grade on tests in the class. So like when they would hold, uh, like you know how you look at the back of the classroom and they got like all the the top grades, the passing tests, my shit was always at the top. Like oh Anthony Webb, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Then you go to the little paper that got the the grades. I'm literally at the bottom. Like, nigga, I got the lowest grade in the class, but you look at all the tests and my shit is at the top. And motherfuckers like, how the fuck was you that smart and fail in all your classes? And I'm just like, I don't know. Lazy, I guess. You know, I just didn't apply myself. And the thought of that at 11, you know, 12 years old was, I ain't going to be shit when I grow up. Because, you know, when you younger, motherfuckers tell you, oh, man, you know, if you don't don't do your classwork and you don't do your schoolwork, you ain't going to graduate. You know, you're going you're gonna to be homeless. You're going to be this and you're going to be that. And looking into the future, it's like, damn. Oh. I'm, I'm failing all these. I'm going to be a whole fucking bum. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to be able to get a job because I'm failing all my classes. If I continue on this path, I'm not going to graduate high school. So I for sure ain't going to be able to get a job. And it's like the thought of that, I'm like, you know what? Let me just end it here and fuck it. It's whatever. But... It's, you know, a crazy thought that made a nigga not kill itself. What the fuck am I doing? Live 96 come out. I'm going to be dead.
3: <laughs> That's crazy.
2: Like, for real, my nigga, like, damn, nigga, when the new Madden come out, I'm going to be dead.
3: EA Sports saved your life.
2: Nigga, yeah, like when the, when the new Nintendo system drop, I'm not going to be here to, to play that shit. Fuck that. I'm going to hang out. Nigga, when that Nintendo 64 drop, bitch, I'm going to be playing that Mario 64.
3: And look how they talk shit about video games.
2: Exactly, nigga. Like, you know, and, and that's what I tell motherfuckers as far as like when people going through depressive situations. Mm-hmm. Like when motherfuckers hit you with that, man, you know, I, I just don't see nothing, you know, going right, man. Life is fucked up, man. I don't, I don't know why I'm going to continue and all this shit. And I tell motherfuckers, man, you you always going to have a reason to smile. You just got to focus on what your reason to smile is. Like I had a homegirl. Her Mm -hmm. boyfriend got killed. And at the time, her boyfriend, they had one of those relationships where their life was so intertwined with each other. It was like they couldn't fucking function without each other. So this motherfucker ended up getting murdered. And she just went into a deep fucking depression where all she did was sit there fucking crying all goddamn day like i
0: can't live without
2: like bitch you got a baby if if anything at the end of the day if you if you feel like you ain't got shit to live for at least you got a motherfucking child you got to live for even motherfuckers without kids A, a lot of people who feel like unfulfilled because they didn't have children that's like motherfuckers some of these motherfuckers like you don't know who you got looking up to you. And that's some shit that a lot of motherfuckers kind of discount when it comes to moments of depression and times of feeling less than stellar. Like, as as minuscule as you think you are in the grand scheme of life and in your social circle and shit like that, there's motherfuckers who look up to you. There's motherfuckers who, you know, like I said... They want to be like you. They -hmm. looking at what you got, and they like, shit, I wish I had that shit. Like, and you might not have much in your eyes. Like, I remember when I was a broke nigga, I had motherfuckers looking up to me. Nigga, I had an 88 Camry station wagon that ran okay, because it's a Toyota, so they run well, even if you don't take care of them. Fucked up, no stereo, no air conditioning, nigga. I was just out here... Riding around. I had bitches, so that was something that, you know, niggas was like, man, I'm trying to be like you, nigga. You got all the hoes. And I'm like, I'm trying to be like you. You got a job. I got a lot of hoes, but I'm broke as shit.
3: Mm.
2: Nigga, I, if, if it wasn't for these hoes, I might not have been eating every day, nigga. Like, I was doing terrible. I was a bum, fuck boy ass nigga, at, you know, in, in my early, you know, adult life.
3: Mm.
2: But, again, it's it's... You don't know who's looking up to you, like you don't know who's looking at you, like man, I I want that, you know, like so you you gotta look at shit like that, like me, when I look at like when when shit is going very fucked up, I always keep a little little short list of shit that I'm like, no matter what happens, I'm living for these motherfuckers, mm-hmm. like so no matter how bad life is. Mm-hmm. Yep. You hear this motherfucker saying, yup, yep, yep, yep. I, I I can't end it because of him. I have a wife. I can't end it because of my wife. I can't end it. I got a daughter. Like, I got motherfuckers who, who looking up to me. I got motherfuckers who I'm responsible for. I got motherfuckers who I got to take care of. Even motherfuckers who don't got no kids. There's somebody younger than you watching you. You got little cousins, younger siblings you know, younger motherfuckers at your job, just motherfuckers who you've come in contact with. Like, just think about how when you go to a funeral, it's hundreds of motherfuckers, and the funeral is for a loner. Like, you know, I got relatives who, you know, they they fell to drugs, you know? So they the way their lifestyle was, it's just like, you know, it's, hypothetically, from the outside looking in, it's like, say, a crackhead's funeral.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But it's thousands of motherfuckers there. Like, damn, I ain't know all these motherfuckers new quirky like that. Right, and you like, damn, you know, it's a gang of motherfuckers here, people crying and all, you know, and from the outside looking in, you looking at it like this nigga's just a crackhead. Even the people who you know, like I said, you in your own personal mind, you feeling like, oh man, I'm just a a garbage truck driver, or I'm just a forklift operator, or I just flip burgers at Wendy's. Yeah, that's true, but you got a, th- a lot of people who love you. It's a lot of motherfuckers who, even though you might feel like what you doing ain't much, it's a big crowd of motherfuckers that if something happened to you, they'd be fucking devastated. You know, and it's a it's a lot of motherfuckers like that. Like a lot of times, you feel like you know it's just you in this motherfucker.
3: And it, it never, it never is because, you know, um, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if people just, they back themselves into these social corners or whatever the case, but sometimes we have family that's, that that's trash and, you know, lead niggas to the side, but you know, you got friends that's here for you, you know, that, that care about your existence, real friends. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Friends that, friends that know your, your uh. Your birthday without Facebook Without Facebook. With, without Facebook, yeah, you know, without, without
2: having to get the notification.
3: You, you, you feel me? You got uh friends that call you on the regular, just hey, what's going on? You know. They hear, but sometimes we get we get so caught up in life itself. You just you forget about you forget about all kinds of shit. And sometimes you think uh they forget about you. I had a homie call me recently. Like, hey, like, we got a problem on there. I'm like, nah, what happened? He's like, Man, I just thought you ain't fucking. I heard from him like, dog. That's not even the case, you know. For oh, you, nigga, we, we go back before the sandbox, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. So it, it made me think like, damn, nigga, I'm a I'm a, I'm a bad I'm a badass friend, like. how people feel about you because i i feel like it only got a certain circle but it's it's more than that because people start reaching out so it's like damn it's me that's been fucking i'll back myself into this corner you know what I mean? exactly
2: like you you realize how many people fuck with you yep. when you kind of fall back a little bit right, right. you know because like that's that's how it is with me a lot of times like you know most motherfuckers who know me know i'm a recluse like, I'm I'm very big on my personal space. I'm very big on solitude and just being to myself a lot. And it be motherfuckers hitting me up, and I'm like, God damn, look at this nigga calling me. Like, it be times I be asleep, and four or five motherfuckers done call me. And, like, me personally, I be feeling like I don't fuck with nobody, don't nobody fuck with me. But then when you look at your recent calls and missed calls and shit like that, it's like, you know what? A lot of people kind of really fuck with me. Yep. You know, like you, you really realize who fuck with you when when you fall back and shit.
3: Where, where? Because me and you have similar personalities when, when it comes to when it comes to stuff like that. Do you think uh, growing up in hardship, how we grew up, that has a, a, a effect on how we are mentally now or how how our personality is like? Niggas is just like on some, you know, like you said, I need my space, like. I, I'm 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 leaving. I'm going off the like the grid probably next month. Nigga, social media, I'm leaving the state just to be like, you nigga, I need room creative wise, everything. Yeah. Because, you know, you have you have to have that. The type of person I am, I have to have that. Leave me alone. Yeah. Just let me do it. I know what works for me. I think the way that you grow up, you know, you grow up in the hood, grow up in hardship. We talked about it earlier on uh cat versus dog. Do you feel that That carries on, the mental side of that carries on until you grown. And this is what we have here now, how our personalities are now.
2: Yeah. Because like with me, like I I tell motherfuckers all the time, like just from being raised by a street nigga to this day, I don't introduce people. I don't introduce myself by name. I rarely say, hey, what's going on? My name is this. Mm -hmm. I'll ask you your name, but I never tell niggas my name. It's a lot of people who who I used to play basketball with literally for a decade. That never knew my name. They just knew me as the light-skinned nigga with the braids who could jump. Like, oh, that's homeboy who be dunking on people. Oh, that's the nigga with the crossover. But they can never tell you my name because I never told niggas my name. Because I was raised by a person who told me, never tell niggas your real name. You never know what you have to do to a nigga. Yeah. So I never told motherfuckers my name. Like I I would give my nickname to everybody. Only motherfuckers who I know who would know my name is niggas who I either grew up with, my girl who I possibly lived with, or some shit like that. But I never, to- I never told niggas my name. Just like I never took pictures with niggas. Like so, like you know the the gang that I affiliate with. Mm-hmm. There's no pictures of me and these niggas. There'd be a thousand pictures of all the homies, and I wouldn't be in none of the pictures. But I I was there. And I tell niggas all the time, like, oh, could you from de woop? Like, yeah. I don't, you know, I see pictures of niggas all the time. You ain't never in the picture. Trust me, I'm there. You know, like I tell motherfuckers, like when it comes to my gang affiliation, don't ask who I know. Ask who know me. Ask them niggas who I am. They know who I am. I can go to the hood, leave my car running with the door open and walk away and ain't nobody going to touch it. But I don't take pictures with niggas, so there's no proof of me being around. Because when it comes to indictments and things of that nature, you know, you want to get indicted, be in a picture with 30 niggas throwing up gang signs. You know, if something happens, somebody catch a body, somebody do some dumb shit, it's just like the Bobby Shmurda situation.
3: Mm. It,
2: you know, the motherfuckers go to social media and see six pictures of you with these niggas. Okay. He, who's he? Who's that one? So I've always been standoffish with people. I've never really been the type of motherfucker to trust people because of how I was raised. So, you know, I, I have a level of solitude that I'm trying to break, especially now because of the endeavor that I'm in with podcasting. I got to be more public. I got to be more of a people person. I got to start introducing myself. I got to start putting my name and my face out there so motherfuckers know who I am so they could, uh consume the content that I put out. But I'm still trying to work myself into this shit. But mm-hmm. it's like a lot of motherfuckers, like, You know, you you look at where you are in the spectrum of social shit and you looking at it like, man, you know, like I ain't got no friends. Don't nobody like me. Ain't nobody checking for me because you look on social media and this motherfucker got 50,000 followers and they getting 10, 20,000 likes and shit. And you post a picture and you only get, say, five likes. So that's like, oh, man, I'm not getting a lot of likes. Don't nobody really fuck with me like that. You know, wouldn't nobody miss me if I was gone? And it's like, just because you're not getting likes on social media don't mean it's not a thousand motherfuckers out here that love you. You know, like, I've never been to a funeral and there was only three people there. No matter whose funeral it is. You say you never? Yeah, I I ain't never been to a funeral and there been two niggas there. Like, I ain't never been to a funeral and ain't nobody tripping. Like, you know, no, no matter who you are, it's motherfuckers out here that love you. Whether or not they tell you, whether or not you feel like they show it in a way that you want them to show you, it's motherfuckers out here who who love you. Like, you, you got a reason to be alive. You know, like, no matter what you going through, a lot of this shit temporary. You know, a lot of times, no matter what terrible situation you in, you in a position to change that shit you in a position to where you can make that better. And a lot of times, the harder the situation that you get put in, the, the bigger the victory it's going to be when you come out of it. You know, because I, I, I'm a strong believer that the greatest feeling in life is relief. Mm-hmm. Like the worst pain you've ever felt, the greatest feeling in the world was the relief from that pain. Like, the the worst shit that ever happened to you, the best feeling in the world was overcoming that shit. Like, the worst breakup you had, the best feeling was that relationship after that terrible breakup. That's the reason a lot of times motherfuckers could trick people into that rebound relationship. Because when you going through that terrible downturn of how bad you feel with that last motherfucker, that next motherfucker is like Prince fucking Charming. It's just like, say, you ain't ate in three days. Mm -hmm. If I throw you a fucking hot dog, nigga, do you know how delicious that shit gonna be? (laughs) Like, nigga, when when you going through terrible shit, it sucks. But the, the feeling of coming out of that shit is fantastic. It's like sometimes it's almost worth you going through that bullshit to get that great feeling of coming out of that shit. You know, like, I I would say a lot on this show. That's why rappers brag so much about having the terrible background. Motherfuckers love to tell you how, oh, man, when I was little, they told me I wasn't going to be shit. Oh, I'm from this neighborhood, you know, empty refrigerator. We was on the county. We was knocking rats and roaches out the cereal box. Like, that's letting the motherfucking know that you strong enough to come up out of that shit. And, you know, a lot of times, like, I be telling motherfuckers, it ain't that these niggas is no stronger than nobody. Because the human spirit in general is strong enough to come up out of a fuck up fucked up circumstance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's no matter who you are, if you get put into some bullshit, it's just human nature to get up out of that shit. You know, and it's also some motherfuckers' nature to feel down on themselves when shit is is not going right. Especially when Shit is consecutively not going right. You know, like, I got turned down for this. I got turned down for this. I got turned down for this. It just feels like the shit ain't never gonna work. But when you look at motherfuckers like, just, just say, uh, a Bill Gates or, you know, somebody of that stature, a lot of these motherfuckers got told no a lot more than you got told no. When you look at successful rappers, these motherfuckers got told no a lot more than you got told no entrepreneurs as well any motherfucker who ever succeeded heard the word no more than a lot of us even want to fucking imagine but you know you got to persevere you know a lot of times what makes a story great is how bad shit was before it got good so when you going through fucked up shit you just got to keep that shit in mind because like me personally when shit is going fucked up all i think about is man when i come out of this shit it's finna be so fucking dope like nigga i can't fucking wait like nigga when, when a motherfucker looking at them bills and then you looking at that check and you like damn these bills are a lot bigger than this check dog it's like you know you you can't wait for that that motherfucking breakthrough and a lot of times you don't even see the motherfucker coming you like, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to pay these motherfucking bills. I don't know how the fuck this going to happen. But a lot of times, shit just happens. You know, because I'm i I'm not a fucking Christian. But I do believe God ain't going to put nothing on you that you can't handle. You know, a lot of times, it's, it's shit that you go through where you don't know how the fuck you going to come out that motherfucking storm, but you come out of that shit. You know, a lot of motherfuckers done been through worse shit than what you going through, but they get through that shit.
1: Yeah,
3: nigga. Shit. I used to think when uh I used to, I used to think like nigga when, when my mom's passed, I'm like, nigga, I'm gonna lose it. You know what I'm saying? And I mean I mentally you, you break down, but I didn't think I was coming back from that. And and not not only to lose my mom, but now I got a ten year old to take care of at the same time. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, nigga, mentally I was all over the place. Yeah. But it, it, it was enough to break me down and, and, and have be one of them people to be like, you know what, I'm done with life. I, I could have took a wild turn, yeah, but you know, I couldn't let my sister down like that.
2: Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, when when you in that that low point, it's like you think about that shit. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? My sister gonna do? Exactly. If 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 I end it now, what? So it's like you know, when when you in your lowest points, you got to keep that shit in mind, especially because like now, like when we. Doing interviews on motherfucking, you know, CNN and red carpets. And it's like, you know what? You know, was there a point where you thought townhouse media wasn't going to happen? Yes. Nigga, exactly. And that's going to be the main bullet point of all the shit. All
0: right.
2: You Kill. know, when when they do a motherfucking biopic, it's not going to be, oh, everything went so great. Like, when the fuck have you ever seen a biopic where a motherfucker, just everything was fly?
3: shit the the down shit is the shit that everybody want to see. Exactly. The struggle everybody want to see the struggle. and What happened? How did it get here? Niggas don't care about the 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 outcome. We have we see the outcome already. We want to know what you went through.
2: Exactly. Like no, you know, that's that's where the respect comes from. You know, like in the episode I think I did maybe shit like early in this shit, the potential energy episode. Like the 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 worst shit gets, the better it's going to feel when you come out of that shit. You know, it's like a a lot of motherfuckers look at poor circumstances, and it feels like there's no getting out of it. Like mm-hmm. you feel like this is this is permanent. Like I ain't never gonna get out of this shit. This ain't never gonna happen. But who was that? Um, J.K. Rowling.
3: J.K. Rowling's R- R- uh, the um Harry Potter Harry books. Potter,
2: yeah. nigga, she was homeless, eating out the fucking trash can. Like, it's motherfuckers doing fucked up before shit finally hit for him so you looking at shit like man I I done got denied for my third job I got this motherfucking degree and it ain't happening yet everything don't happen on your time you know it's it's like the Christians say you know God don't come what do he say he's he's never he might not come when you call him but he always on time mm-hmm. you know a, a, a lot of shit is like that just because some shit don't happen when you want that shit to happen, don't mean it ain't going to happen. And sometimes the shit might not happen how you want it to happen. It might happen better. Nigga, what, what you thought you was going to do in life might not be what you end up doing. You know, nigga, like Michael Jordan probably thought he was going to be a baseball player. You know, a, a, a lot of motherfuckers... Who thought they was going to do something. Like Dave East probably thought he was going to be in the NBA.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, a lot of motherfuckers thought that they was going to be a whole different lane than what they went into. Nipsey Hussle probably thought he was going to die a gang member. Mm. You know, Malcolm X probably thought that he was going to die in the street. A lot of motherfuckers was, was at one point and they aim was somewhere and, you know, shit will happen for you. But you always got to keep that shit in mind. You know, you might be digging for gold and find platinum. But you just got to keep on motherfucking digging.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, that's that's how life works a lot of times. You know, it, it ain't about what's going on. It's about where you headed. And sometimes, you know, as long as you keep on pushing, you'll end up somewhere. Whether or not you was aiming for that shit. But it'll always be better when shit is going fucked up. Like, you know, a, a lot of times when shit is going negative for me, I'm always just like, well, it ain't nowhere to go, but up from here, you know, shit going fucked up, but can't get no worse than this. Hmm. And I just stay optimistic about that shit.
3: Yeah. Cause it, it ain't going to stay bad forever. If you have ambition and drive, everything, shit can change. If you just give up or you just get lazy, like, you know, I, I was talking uh, recently about you know, similar to how you feel like how we have to change and, and do shit different with, with this podcast. shit. You have to go talk to people and, you know, get out there and some people don't know. That shit is tough when, when you used to being, when you were introverted and, and you don't fuck
1: with people like.
0: Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was
1: only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true.
0: Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No per- Just necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner
2: Hell yeah, nigga.
3: Like I had to pep talk myself and shit, nigga. And I'm about to go to this day party, you know. Yeah, I, nigga. I, I see somebody, I'm gonna chop it up, they look of some importance. And I tried it, you know. I got I talked to a old girl from the podcast next door and she said she hate Leo's and I act like somebody called me. Man, I mean,
2: goddamn, yeah. I had to get up out of here. Yeah, she was she was she was something else.
3: <laughs> yeah, a handful.
2: Yeah. To say the least. Two hands full. But shit, nigga, like three. Yeah, a a, a lot of that shit was one of them situations. Like, nigga, just, I was the motherfucker with the microphone in my hand with them bright-ass lights in my face. And like I always tell niggas, I am an introvert. Like I was telling CJ, I could sit here and talk into this microphone in front of my phone because it ain't nothing, nobody here but me, you, and these mics. So it's not like, like, I'm not imagining thousands of niggas downloading and streaming this shit. I'm just sitting here with this motherfucking microphone talking literally to you, my son next to me. I'm in my comfort zone. I'm in a comfortable fucking setting. Mm -hmm. But when we at the fucking day party, it's thousands of motherfuckers. It's bright ass lights, cameras, you know, semi famous motherfuckers. Yeah, it's hot than a motherfucker. I'm sweating and shit. I got this bright ass light on my yellow ass forehead, nigga. I'm looking like the, the ghost of December in that motherfucker, you know, and I'm sweating and shit. But it's like, nigga, I'm, I'm doing something that's way the fuck out of my element. And when you're looking at motherfuckers who you feel like is doing better than you, a lot of times what I like to tell myself, whether or not it be true, is, man, that nigga probably way out of his element too. That nigga probably just as uncomfortable as I am. Because when you look at your problems... When you looking at all the motherfuckers who look like they got shit figured out, trust me, they got just as many problems as you, if not more. Like, something I used to always say is, I ain't never wanted another motherfucker life, because I ain't know how many dicks they had to suck to get where they at. Mm. Like, nigga, I don't know what that nigga did to get that. I don't know what that motherfucker did to get there. I don't know what that motherfucker did to get in that position. He might have did some shit that I would never do. Like... When they, you know, back in the Illuminati rumor days, you know, they used to love to say, oh, you know a lot of these rappers sucking dick to get their deal. Right. A lot of these niggas getting fucked in the ass to get their deal. Those rumors may not have not came from nowhere. True. Somebody might have actually had to go through that to get that. So when you look at what another motherfucker got, you got to realize they did some shit you probably would never do to get where they at. And a lot of times when you look at where you at. You doing a lot better than a lot of motherfuckers. Like, I remember when I was younger and I was sitting in class and um, I think I was probably ninth grade. I was homeless. And one of my teachers, he was from Mexico. So he was like showing a little shack that he was raised in on the, uh, the overhead projector and shit. And he like, yeah, you guys over here complaining and you're in the United States, the land of opportunity. Look, it, this is the shack that I I lived in and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, so what, bitch? I live in a Cadillac. Like, I didn't say it out loud, mm-hmm. but at the time, I literally was sleeping in a fucking car. The fucking sunroof was busted, so we had um, a black trash bag covering the top of the car. Mm-hmm. Like, nigga, I'm, I'm <clears throat> sleeping in the car with my two brothers, my sister, and my mom. We 5 deep living in a fucking Cadillac. Like nigga, don't don't try to out problem the class because you don't know what the fuck we y'all here going through, nigga.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and I'm sure most of my classmates were doing far better than me. Like the high school that I went to was in a it was in an okay area, but I was homeless. So I'm like nigga, I'm going through it. But like the joke that um Dave Chappelle told about Anthony Bourdain killing himself. Mm-hmm. Like nigga, you was literally at the pinnacle. Of human existence practically. Like you for for a living you ate delicious meals with famous people every single day. You were the chef to the stars. Everybody liked you. What the fuck will make you end it? And then he told the story of his partner. The urban genius. He did well in school and he got to a high point in the life of a motherfucker from the ghetto. And he went right back down into the fucking toilet. And he said, this motherfucker never committed or never considered killing himself. Nigga, I I tried to convince him to kill himself.
3: (laughs) That shit was funny as fuck.
2: Exactly, nigga. But it's like, that's how I look at shit in general when it comes to things like that. Like, nigga, it's motherfuckers that's this high up killing theyself. They mental fortitude is that fucking week that you would kill yourself because you probably went from a thousand to nine hundred and ninety nine and it's a motherfucker at two that is so happy to see three he's ecstatic like nigga have you ever gave a homeless motherfucker twenty bucks I don't think
3: twenty I I for sure ten though
2: because, nigga, like, the look on a homeless motherfucker face when you get him a dub is like, oh, man, thank you. Like, you made they whole fucking month. Right. Like, nigga, a dub, you know what I could do with this shit? Nigga, if I get a paycheck under 1300 I swear to God, i will be pissed.
3: Mm.
2: Nigga, one week, if my check is under $1,300, nigga, ask my wife. Nigga, I'd be frustrated. This nigga, I gave him 20 motherfucking dollars. And you'd have swore to God he won the fucking lottery. And I look, you know, that shit always brings me perspective. Like, nigga, how the fuck am I going to sit up here and be pissed off about a $1,300 motherfucking check? And I gave this nigga literally 1% of that. And he's ecstatic. Like, what kind of shit is that? You know, like, a lot of times, like, I be I be having to check myself. You know, like, the last episode, nigga, I be having to check my fucking ego sometimes. Like, nigga, who the fuck am I to be pissed off about getting the type of money that this motherfucker's out here dying by, behind? Like, nigga, a, a liquor store robbery, you might only really get about, if that, 1100 And I'm over here pissed off that I got paid 1100 for sitting on my ass with a steering wheel in my hand. You know, like a lot of motherfuckers, we we get fucked up when, when circumstances ain't going our way. You know, shit is going a, a way that we didn't expect. And it's, you know, for the the negative, And we like, man, this is bullshit. Fuck this shit. And we start thinking the worst of the worst. You know, because I look at suicide as like literally the worst shit you can do. And, you oh, yeah. know, 50 Cent said, death is easy. But life is hard. And a lot of times, you know, that's how you feel. But I feel like suicide is probably the most selfish shit in the world. Because at the end of the day, suicide is selfish.
3: Oh, yeah, without a doubt. You don't you don't care about uh, your your family. You, dying by your choice is selfish. You jumping off of something and whatever the case, like, that's selfish as fuck. Because you don't care how your family going to feel. You won't feel... you. Have you have you are they set up to where if that happened they'll be cool? Or are you just oh man fuck it I, life is hard I'm I'm ready to hit, jump off and, and, and end it Nah that shit is whack as fuck exactly You can't come back from that and then you know uh, I think psycho psychological or it, it starts uh, I, I was reading something or watching something it said like suicide starts like it's never the first suicide in the family. You know what I'm saying? So it can start a string of suicides yeah. down the line, you know what I'm saying? So that's that's that's
2: nuts. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's some it's some deep fucking shit. And I'm like, I honestly think everybody at some point in life thought about suicide. You know, whether or not you tried to actually go through with it or the thought was a serious thought, like, you know, everybody who go through a depression be like, man, fuck this shit. I should just end it all. But you know, it's that that mental fortitude that you gotta have to tell your motherfucking ass to keep going. You know, like like suicide is is the the worst fucking shit you could do. You know, like it's it's some bullshit. You know, like I I be whenever I hear about a motherfucker committing suicide, like I really be wanting to know, like man, what the
3: fuck was really going through this motherfucker's mind. A lot of times suicide is is revenge. You know that? Like
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that- I watched a video of a nigga who who girl dumped him and he blew his brains out right in front of her. I'm, I'm like
3: Well that the one uh at, elevator?
2: Like, yeah. Yeah.
3: That nigga, like it's never it's never that serious.
2: Yeah. You know. Because the thing is, nigga, the, the best revenge is success. Like, nigga, as, as as much as she probably was fucked up about you killing yourself, she probably bouncing on another nigga dick right now.
3: You know, on her way there, she probably was calling a nigga on the way up up the
2: elevator. Charles, do you know this motherfucker just killed himself? I just heard a gunshot. I think that nigga blew his damn brains out. Open the door. I'll be there at 3. Like, motherfucker, you know, the motherfucker who you doing it about Ain't thinking about your ass. And a lot of times, that might be why you doing it, because you feel like a motherfucker don't care, and you feel like don't nobody care. But it's motherfuckers who really care. hmm And that's what I always try to focus on in my life, period. You know, like, I know no matter what the fuck happens, it's at least three motherfuckers who don't want me out of here. And that's enough to keep me going. Like, nigga, no, no matter how bad it get in my life, hmm I know it's, it's it's somebody who 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 love a nigga. And I got to keep on going at least for them, you know, if not for nobody else, if not even for me. Because, like, I used to always think, you know, just as a little kid, like, man, what if something happened to my mama? Mm-hmm. And as a kid, not as an adult, like, just, you know, like, damn, nigga, we going to be fucked up. I'm 12. You know, because I used to always just think about shit like that as a little kid, like, man. That would be fucked up. And the crazy thing about a lot of people who, like, be going through depressed states, I always think about that shit with them. Like, when you see motherfuckers post real sad statuses online, yeah. it be like, damn, homie, I, I, I really hope homeboy y'all right. Because it's like, man, it what if this nigga killed himself? Because a lot of times, motherfuckers you know and and with the, the the fucking whole social media generation like there's motherfuckers who you know when you post some sad shit you know you got the motherfuckers in the comments oh you know call me if you need somebody to talk to and you know shit like that there's always motherfuckers willing to give you the the fake sympathetic little shit and you know sometimes man you got to sometimes you got to take the fake sympathy You know, just just that uh, alone to keep a motherfucker going. Because even with the fake sympathy, some of those motherfuckers really care. You know, you got four or five motherfuckers who who just asking you how you doing to be nosy to see what the fuck is going on. But you also got uh, another group of motherfuckers who really don't want nothing to happen to you. You know, and those motherfuckers you got to focus on, because like I tell niggas, it ain't about the motherfucker who got 10 million followers. Because those motherfuckers sometimes feel more alone than the nigga who got that solid three. You know, I tell niggas all the time, like, nigga, as as long as I got the four or five motherfuckers in my life who I know really fuck with me, I don't need five million people to fuck with me.
3: That's all that matter.
2: Like, nigga, I I got this little small circle of niggas, to me, is bigger than you having 5,000 fake motherfuckers around you. Mm -hmm. You know, because like they say, man, motherfuckers get money and the first thing they buy is homeboys. You got all these fake motherfuckers around you who don't even really fuck with you. They only fuck with you because of the value that you provide to them, whether it be monetary or clout. Like Floyd Mayweather, you know, various celebrities, entertainers, and social media influencers. Like you got all these new motherfuckers following you and trying to attach themselves to you because... That's going to bring them social um, equity, basically. And that shit ain't worth shit. You know, a lot of these motherfuckers, you know, you, you got a million motherfuckers at your funeral fake crying over you. And, you know, like the, the the niggas who, like when Nipsey died, oh, y'all niggas, y'all didn't care till he passed away and all this type of shit. No, man, it's, it's motherfuckers who really got love for niggas out here. Mm-hmm. You know, because don't nobody never say that shit. niggas didn't say that when your auntie died motherfuckers didn't say oh the only reason these niggas at this funeral like no motherfucker like people, people really love motherfuckers out here because even when a celebrity has like the small little family gathering it's enough motherfuckers that really got love for you that you know they gonna show up about you you know so like when I think about negative shit I always think about that silver lining outside of monetary success which a lot of motherfuckers is trying to get in their life you know the most important thing in your life is the the couple of motherfuckers that really love you Mm -hmm. it ain't got to be 10 million motherfuckers it could literally be three it could just be you your, your, your little brother and your uncle and shit and those are the motherfuckers who you should be still pushing for whether you become a fucking rich multi motherfucking millionaire or just a motherfucker who they see every Thanksgiving, like you know, it's it's always somebody out here that love your motherfucking ass. Whether you feel like you an ain't shit motherfucker or not, you know, because I've had times like that in my adult life where it just was like, man, fuck this shit. Like you know, I I'll be better off gone. A, a lot of motherfuckers be feeling like that. Whether they admit it or not, whether they say it out loud or not, a lot of motherfuckers, you know, you have those low times in your life where it feel like shit just ain't fucking worth it, you know. But like I always keep in mind, like you know, like these motherfucking tattoo on my hand and shit,
0: like it's always.
2: where's the motherfucker who i'm here for outside of myself like when i go to work and i'm having one of them long hard work days where i'm like man fuck this shit i want to quit fuck this bitch ass job like i just want to chill eat ice cream and play grand theft auto all motherfucking day but it's like i can't because this little nigga can't afford to do that if i somewhere bullshitting you know like a, a, a lot of times in life, it's some shit that you, you're you going through it and it feels like it's the worst shit in the world. But it's like, dude, it's, it's going to feel fantastic when you come up out of that shit. You know, you got to look at the other motherfuckers in your life that benefit from you doing well. Because there's a lot of motherfuckers that honestly just want to see you do well. Like, it's motherfuckers who I'm just rooting for from afar. It's niggas who... It, it's nothing that they're going to provide to me, but I just want to see him do well. Like, you know, friends from high school, you know motherfuckers who you see on Facebook and shit. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you you got a homeboy, he got like a little, he he rapping and you just like, man, I hope this nigga get on. Nigga, I ain't even spoke to this nigga. I don't barely even comment on this shit, but I just hope he does well. You know, it's, it's motherfuckers rooting for you in secret. And that's true too, and Very that's true. that's who you got to keep on motherfucking grinding for. It's a lot of motherfuckers who I'll run into, like nigga, when I was at the hood day, and homies from the turf was like, "Man, nigga, I be seeing your little TV show on Facebook, man. That shit dope as a motherfucker, man. I be tuning in. I'm like, what? How the fuck you know I, I'm, you know, I got a motherfucking podcast? Like these niggas don't even know what a podcast is. They just know I got some shit where I got a microphone and I be talking with a camera in front of me." But, you know, it's motherfuckers, you know, good fucking feedback. Motherfuckers hitting my DM and shit telling me they like the show. Lawyers from out of state and computer programmers and all types of motherfuckers like, yeah, man, that little episode you did was whoop de whoop whoop And I'm like, damn, I didn't know this many niggas was was fucking with the show. And that's beyond motherfuckers who are content creators, just motherfuckers who, who work. It's a motherfucker at your job. Who's rooting for you. It's a motherfucker who you walk past every day on the way to the bus stop. Who rooting for you. Like, them motherfuckers saw you walking to that motherfucking bus stop for two years. Then you went and got your little Chrysler 300 little hoopty. And they like, man, I'm so glad to see, you know, homeboy not getting on the bus no more. That little nigga. You remember a little homeboy on the corner who was mm-hmm. walking? That nigga got him a car. It's motherfuckers is happy for you. You know, so it's like you got to keep on pushing because it's motherfuckers out here that that really want to see you do well.
3: Oh yeah, you know,
2: yeah, you know, it's it's like a a lot of times we look at life like like we the star of a motherfucking movie, and the thing is, even when you the star of the movie, it's somebody who who you got to entertain. You know, like me, I'm I'm the star of my movie, but I got characters. Who I gotta look out for?
3: Supporting cast,
2: exactly. You Call know, stars exactly. You know, so it's motherfuckers who who you gotta push for to make this shit work. You know, so you you can't just end it when shit don't go your fucking way. Just like when you have an endeavor that you go into, like if if you do music, or if you do podcasting, or if you consider yourself to be an actor, or you provide a service. Like, you can't fucking quit just because motherfuckers telling you no. Because every motherfucker who you see successful, it's rare a motherfucker tell you, man, first thing I jumped into worked. You know, I I just went and applied, I got hired, now I'm rich. Oh, I just, you know, had this little idea and everything went perfectly. No, that 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 doesn't fucking happen. Everybody went through some shit. A lot of times, like, nigga, like when you'll watch, like, say, um, Unsung or some biopic of a motherfucker, it's like, damn, this nigga had a fucked up life. Mm-hmm. Damn, this, this I ain't even know this motherfucker was homeless. I ain't know this nigga was eating out the trash can. Damn, I ain't know that nigga uncle raped him. Like, there's some niggas going through some terrible bullshit, Way worse than what the fuck you going through. And they're doing well. You know, everybody got their motherfucking journey. You know, a lot of motherfuckers, you feel like you got to jump through all these motherfucking hurdles. But it's just like when you you watch, like, NBA Classic. And you looking at how hard it was for you to play basketball. And you not realizing these niggas did everything you doing in Chuck Taylors. Mm -hmm. Like, nigga... These niggas did, you know, these niggas went through everything you went through and worse. And they was happy about the shit and you crying.
3: Feet fucked up in them cardboards.
2: Nigga. (laughs) Exactly, nigga. Like, nigga, when I think about how fucked up life is for me, I think there was a slave who literally woke up and went to sleep to work for another motherfucker for free. And I'm over here complaining about some shit that I'm getting paid for. Like, I'm complaining, and I got a thousand motherfucking reasons to be happy. Like, it's a motherfucker somewhere in, you know, a third-world motherfucking country who ain't ate in three fucking days, And, and I'm fucking complaining. Like, nigga, it could always motherfucking be worse. Like, no matter what fucking black cloud you got over your motherfucking head, it's a silver fucking lining around that shit. Like, nigga, you, you literally live in the land of opportunity. No matter how bad shit is going, it could always motherfucking get better. Like, no matter how fucked up shit is for you, there's a motherfucker who's, they in a worse circumstance, and they happy for it. Mm-hmm. Like, me and my homeboys, nigga, you included. We reminisce on the times where as much shit as we got going on, as happy as we are with what we got going on, We think about times where we had a lot less and we was a lot happier. This is true. Like, nigga, me and my homeboys talk about that shit all the time. Like, nigga, remember when we was broke? We didn't have shit. All we had was a big-ass gallon of Tampico, some joysticks, and we was sitting there playing Madden in a motherfucking bedroom, nigga, having the time of our fucking life. Like, the, the boring days of being broke was fun because we had each other. Like, nigga, that's literally all niggas had growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, each other's motherfucking company. But it's like, nigga, when, when you get to a certain status in life, it's like you can't appreciate that shit no more. And I always try to keep that shit in mind.
3: You know, one of, one of my most recent gripes, and this sounds fun, it's stupid as fuck. I was like, man, I hate that I got a credit card. Exactly. I said... I, I liked it better without a credit card. Well, this, this shit is ridiculous because at the end of the day, you still got to keep paying that motherfucker off. Exactly. At, at the end of the month, or however this shit go, like nah, I liked it better when I when, when my credit was fucked up and I couldn't get a credit card.
2: Exactly, nigga, I, I, I nigga, I literally be saying I wish I didn't graduate high school because I wouldn't have been able to go to DeVry. I owe DeVry twenty, at least twenty something thousand more dollars. If it wasn't for that goddamn diploma, I wouldn't owe DeVry this 20 fucking thousand. Nigga, I owe these niggas 20 fucking bands and I ain't got no fucking degree. Nigga, I owe these niggas 20 motherfucking thousand. I don't remember shit I learned to that motherfucker. Only thing I got to show for that fucking degree was like some little fake electrical kit and I don't know how to use it cuz I didn't finish that class. Like it's a like nigga, my house I'm complaining about all the shit that's going on in my house. I'm a fucking homeowner. Like I, I should be ecstatic at the fact that from the circumstances that I came from, I'm able to own a fucking home. Like my kids got a front and backyard, all the toys they can motherfucking play with. They eat every motherfucking day. They will never know nothing about homeless. They ain't never gonna eat a fucking syrup sandwich. They ain't never going to have to eat fucking Top Ramen. They ain't never going to have to pop the refrigerator open and there's literally nothing in there. They ain't going to know nothing about that shit. I really should have nothing to ever fucking complain about. But it's just human fucking nature. You know, shit go funky. Your brain just says, oh, poor me, and you have a fucking pity party. But shit, nigga, a lot of motherfuckers have bent their self been through way worse motherfucking circumstances. Oh yeah, like nigga, I've literally been homeless for for a a great long period of nigga years, where I did not have a fucking address. Like I remember in junior high school, remembering the the days of getting phone numbers. Cute bitch. Oh, what's your phone number? Huh? I ain't got a phone. What do you mean you ain't got a phone? Don't got a phone. How you don't got a phone? don't got a phone. Bitch, you don't see these payless shoes I got on? You think I got a phone? I can't even afford Nikes. How the fuck you think I got afford a phone? But, nigga, my kids ain't never gonna have to go through that shit. Mm-mm. So I literally don't have shit to legitimately complain about. And a lot of motherfuckers who under the sound of my voice, again, nigga, if you can listen to podcasts, you got to be doing right. I don't think nobody listening to this motherfucker from a box. If you are, Find that nigga with that couch. <laughs> nigga, take your ass to Skid Row, nigga. Them homeless niggas booming. Like, the smiles on the faces made it not as depressing as it was when I first turned on to the street.
3: Because
2: mm-hmm. when you first turn on to that street, it's like, damn. You get depressed. It's like, fuck, this nigga's really out here doing bad, man. Like, God damn. But then you look at the looks on these niggas' faces and it's like, hold on. These niggas is happy. I see niggas laughing. I see kids throwing footballs and shit like these motherfuckers out here partying. And it's like, hold on, nigga. How the fuck I'm going to sit up here and complain about the bullshit that I'm going through? And these motherfuckers is going through, in my personal mind, the worst of the worst of fucking circumstances. And they happy. Because at the end of the day, I look at true wealth as happiness and peace of mind. And I got all this shit, but I don't have that shit. These niggas ain't got shit, and they happier than me. I got life all fucked up, you know. And that's pretty much the practical motherfucking wisdom. Like, nigga, don't gain all this monetary shit, all this bullshit, and lose what's actually important, which is love, peace of mind, you know, good interactions with motherfuckers leaving a positive image on other people because I don't look at the measure of what your life is as what you were able to acquire. I think that the the measure of what your impact is in life is the positive images you left with people, you know, how they viewed you, what impact you had on their life. You know, like I always say about the whole reason of me doing too much game. I feel like me doing a podcast that could possibly help motherfuckers in their life is a lot better than me doing a podcast that just make niggas laugh all motherfucking day. Mm -hmm. And, oh, man, that nigga podcast is hilarious. Yeah, that's cool and Mm -hmm. shit. But I'd rather a motherfucker say, man, I I listened to too much game and that shit made me really, like, finish college. You know, I I listened to too much game and that shit made me keep on going in this rap shit. You know, I listen to Too Much Game. You know, that shit made me really want to continue on this journey of A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You know, so when 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 you're going through life, man, just, just think about the positive motherfucking effect that you have on other motherfuckers. And when you're going through something terrible, just think about how much better you're going to feel when you come out of that shit. You mm-hmm. know, because the greatest feeling in life is, re- you know, relief. The greatest thing that you can acquire and maintain in life is peace of mind. And I'm going to drop the mic on that shit.
1: This has been your host,
2: Young Dolomite, of the Too Much Game podcast. Sitting here with the super producer, Ben Reddy. Yes, sir. A.K.A. Tomahawk. A.K.A. King (laughs) Tut. A.K.A. The Blueprint One. A.K.A. Drunk before seriously, not another podcast the other night.
3: AKA, Mr. AKA. Hell yeah, nigga. <laughs> Motherfucking podfather. And
2: my, you know, short-lived hype man, my son Deuce over here. You know. We're gonna be at you motherfuckers next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. If you would like to support us financially, it's patreon.com slash townhouse media. Town e house media. Um, support all the townhouse media podcasts. Seriously not another podcast. Nine-ish Friday nights. No rules podcast. Wednesdays 5 p.m. ish round there. Cat versus dog. Sundays. around 3 p.m. And too much game. 5 p.m. on Sundays. Round there. Sometimes way after. Um, you know, shout out to Warren Gold Clothing at war artist harvey khan who did the logo for the cat vs dog podcast seven saturdays clothing my clothing line nah i'm shit i think i'm gonna be done with that shit man i'll holla at you motherfuckers next week homie i ain't here to help you get bitches i'm here to help you get better too much gun